Are you ready to be inspired, challenged, and strengthened in your faith walk? Are you ready to get breakthrough from those old cycles and thought patterns that you just can't seem to get freedom from? Then you've come to the right place. You are going to get freedom, you are going to get breakthrough, and you are going to get healing because that's the life that Jesus paid for. This podcast is not just talk. We're going to live it. I want to personally welcome you to my little podcast corner. My name is Jillian Ahonen, and I am so excited for what God's going to do through our time together today. Whether you're driving in traffic to work, out on a morning run, or sipping your coffee in a comfy chair, let's get our hearts ready for today's word. Well, good morning. Welcome back to another episode of Not Just Talk. I'm really excited for what God's put on my heart this week. Last week, we talked about facing challenging situations and conflicts God's way. And one of the things that I thought of as I was playing back the message and doing my edits, side note on that, do you know that I realize that I say like and you know way too much? Like I I started getting, see, I just said it again, like I, man, I'm such a California girl. Hopefully you can bear with me and just embrace my California flair that kind of comes out in these messages. Whatever, right? We're good. Uh, So anyway, back to what I was saying. Last week, we talked about facing challenging situations and resolving conflict and working really hard to shift hard situations and really apply the word of God and what it looks like in our everyday life. I came from the perspective of my neighborhood and the community. And, you know, I hear it all the time. Like, I don't have what you have in your neighborhood. My neighbors don't interact. And, you know, my the kids don't play outside. And I've shared kind of like I did last week. I worked really hard at building community. And I, I know I'm not the only one who did this. Obviously, my neighbors wanted to be a part of it. But I spent a lot of time sitting out kit sitting out kids sitting outside with my kids having fun playing interacting pulling out the scooters it's attractive to the kids outside and all of a sudden you know within years of these kids getting old enough to go outside independently they just started gathering and the parents started interacting mostly because I interact with them I remember the very first time that I met one of my neighbors, it was um, Halloween and they were sitting out and she had, all of her kids were little, you know, um, see, there's the, you know, oh my gosh, I'm going to catch it every time and drive myself crazy today. It's okay. It's all right. Some of them I'll probably just edit out. <laughs> anyway, uh, she was sitting outside on her driveway and she had basically two babies, you know, and then she had two just a little bit older there, I think It was when I, it was very similar to my season of having four kids all under, you know, 10 years old. I think hers were a little bit younger. But anyway, I just, you know, I started up a conversation and ever since then I'd go out of my way and I'd say hi every time I saw her and I just positioned myself to build relationship. Like I said last week, I've been doing that for over 20 years. I lived in Japan. I lived in different states. I lived in apartment complexes and I get to know my community. I mean, even when I lived in apartment complexes, I would get to know the maintenance crew. I would get to know the secretaries and the people who work in the office. I'd go in regularly. I'd talk to them. I'd ask them how they were doing. So, you know, if you want community, if you want 
to know your neighbors, if you want to build relationship, it is going to take work and it's going to require getting out of your comfort zone and making yourself available. So there's that. Anyway, as I was listening back to the message last week, I started to think about my personal journey again and my walk with the Lord and what has transpired that has created this outward ministry opportunity wherever I go, wherever I'm planted, is really because I've worked really hard at ministry within my home, within my family. And that's what I want to talk about today. I feel like a lot of times we as a Christian culture tend to put the emphasis on what we do at church, how we present ourselves at church, touched on it briefly last week, and we miss the vital importance of what's going on inside of our home. Many of you know, but if you don't and you're tuning in for the very first time, I'm just going to give you a quick little recap. I grew up in a Christian home. When I was about 16 years old, I just started to find the worldly lifestyle more attractive, and I just kind of started getting lost in the world and doing worldly things. And by the time I was 18 years old, I found out I was pregnant and the guy that uh, I was with had already broken up with me. We weren't together anymore. And so obviously I had to tell him I was pregnant and that was a turning point for me. That was the moment where I'm going, okay, um, I'm going to go back to Jesus. This is not the lifestyle that I want to raise my baby with. And there was a very strong conviction from that moment on to get myself right with the Lord for this baby growing inside of my belly. I recognized right away that I needed a lot of growing. I needed a lot of, um, reshaping and molding. And, and I really wanted to work on myself to be the best mom I could possibly be for this precious little baby. That was such a monumental point in my life to really work on myself and do the right thing and honor God. It became the building blocks that you see today. That, that decision of surrendering my life to God saying, I'm choosing your will over my will, God, have your way in me, work in me and through me and mold me and shape me. I want to grow in spiritual maturity. There's these monumental moments that I can really look back and go, wow, I made very strong decisions that said, in order for me to teach it, I have to be living it myself. I have no business teaching anything if I'm not going to hold myself to the same standard and higher. And it started with that strong conviction to be a solid example, a solid Christian example of what it looks like to be a Christian and do the right thing and honor God so that as I taught my daughter, as I raised my daughter, I had the integrity and the character behind what I was teaching her. Now, I have a little disclaimer here. I've not done this perfect. I am a work in progress, just like everybody else. I have made many mistakes. I have fallen into temptation and traps that the enemy had set up in my most vulnerable seasons, but I got stronger through them. I learned how to flee from the devil. I learned how to crucify the flesh and do the right thing. And 
that has been the pursuit that I've been on. I genuinely, with my whole heart, want to do the right thing. I want to be a person of my word and integrity. I don't want to just say these messages that sound good and are biblically accurate, but I'm not living it for myself in my own life behind closed doors where nobody's watching. My family is my first and foremost ministry. It's a strong decision that I made way before I stepped into full-time ministry seven years ago. I really took this very seriously. Once I say that I am a disciple of Jesus, I have a ministry, and my ministry is to my family, it's in my marriage, it's to my children, it's to the people who I live with because I've shared homes before with people. Um it's in my neighborhood, it's in my workplace, it's at the park, it's at the grocery store. It, it, my ministry is everywhere my feet go, but it started in my home with those who live closest to me, the ones that I can't hide from. I have a very strong conviction in my heart that desires for my kids to not just hear about Jesus through stories and scriptures, but to see him alive in me. I've surrounded myself with people who are going to hold me accountable and not coddle me, not make me feel good for my bad behaviors, but really say, okay, what's behind that? What caused you to respond that way? Let's take a look at that. Let's grow. I genuinely desire to grow. And honestly, God uses our uncomfortable living situations to produce his fruit and make us more like him. You could be married, you could be unmarried, you could have roommates, you can have children, it doesn't matter. I want you to take a good look at your living situation and hear what I'm trying to say to you today and ask the Holy Spirit to show you where your living situation and the difficulties that you're facing is a powerful and incredible opportunity for life to squeeze you, for the uglies to come out so that you can actually take a good hard look at what's going on in your heart and crucify the flesh, yield to the Holy Spirit so that what comes out of you begins to look like him. Can I just tell you what grieves my heart more than anything? When Christian families put on the Christian outfit as they walk out of their home, but their spouse and children get the worst of them. Even if you're better with the kids but nasty towards your spouse, your kids are listening and watching and without realizing it, they're subconsciously filtering through your display. There are so many kids that have grown up in Christian homes and they go to church, but they don't see Jesus in their home. And then when they get older, they decide the Christian way is not for them. And it's not always because of rebellion. It's because they never saw Jesus in their parents. They grew up believing it's an act at church that never touched their home. You guys, I know these kids. I know some personally, and I've met many through my coaching ministry, even casually in conversation at the park, just people that I've met and interacted with. I find out that they grew up in a Christian home and that they want nothing to do with God. And as I ask more questions, I learn and understand understand what was missing is their quote-unquote Christian parents were very messy at home. There was a lot of yelling. There was a lot of stress. There was a lot of negative interactions. And then when they go to church, they put on the plastic smile. The enemy loves that we have this backwards. Okay, we've worked so hard to be Christian at church and we're missing completely that it starts in our home. He is not threatened by the masses that flood into churches weekly or the ones who have the prophetic words and giant platforms and popular ministries, or even by the one who serves in every ministry at church and fills their time with acts of service that everybody else can see. 
You want to know what he's threatened by? He's threatened by the vessels that actually understand who is in them, that they are literally the hands and feet of Jesus called to be an extension of his heart here on earth, everywhere they go, and first and foremost to their family and those they live with. We can go to church, do all the church activities, get involved in every ministry, small group, serve on the weekends, fool everybody else thinking that we are so godly. But if our family doesn't see Jesus in us at home, we have completely and totally missed it. Let's be real. The home is a place where our uglies come out. Am I right? Like I said, whether you have roommates, married, unmarried, with or without children, it doesn't matter. The people we live with are not only going to push our limits more than anyone else because we can't hide from them, but these moments of getting squeezed can become a huge opportunity to grow in spiritual maturity by learning what it looks like to yield to the Holy Spirit and be a doer of the word. I want to point something out. Oftentimes, that person that had the ability to push some ugly out of you is not the one you're supposed to be blaming. What they did was reveal to you where you have some things festering in your heart that have not been touched or yielded to the Holy Spirit. As believers, we have to stop going through life blaming everyone else for provoking our bad behaviors and take an honest look at our own heart. If your rebellious child has the ability to get you to flip out on emotion and be reactive, you have to be honest with yourself. You're reacting out of fear. It's God's perfect love that has been formed in us that removes the fear. And all of a sudden we can love that child back to Jesus. Believe me, I've worked on this one. I have been tested and I have been pushed beyond my limit. I have responded and reacted on emotion and I've had to go to that child because of my messy behavior and humble myself and say, I am sorry. There's no excuses for that behavior. I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have responded that way. Will you forgive me? I've had to own my own behavior. I've had to go to Jesus with it. I've had to ask for forgiveness and I've had to learn what it looks like in these moments of being pressed to crucify my flesh, lean into Jesus, trust him with everything so that what comes out of me looks like him. If our children, spouse, or roommate has the ability to push our limits, we are living out of our old born from Adam's self and need to activate the power of the Holy Spirit that's in us so that what comes out of us looks like him. I'm sorry to break the news to you. This is something that you really got to just like really listen, okay? I'm asking you to really look at your situation. Allow the Holy Spirit to highlight some scenarios to you. Some scenarios that maybe you've convinced yourself is everybody else's fault. God wants to use that annoying behavior in your child, your spouse that doesn't seem to be very connected, and or that obnoxious, dysfunctional roommate to make you more like him. Do you want to know the real reason life and people have the ability to make you an emotionally reactive person? Because when that situation arises, you're not recognizing it as an opportunity to grow in spiritual maturity. You're not really dealing with what's stirring in your heart in the secret place once that arises. You you tend to either justify, rationalize, convince yourself it was their fault, convince yourself you need to get out of the situation, convince yourself you need to move away, convince yourself you need to cut them off, convince yourself they need to change instead of realizing that God wants to do a work in you so that you change. Most likely you're consciously or subconsciously justifying, rationalizing your behavior, blaming the person, giving yourself permission to be reactive. We've got to stop making excuses and go to Jesus and 
say, God, that doesn't look like you at all. I'm sorry, work in me. We all have fruit in us. It's up to us to cultivate the fruit of the Holy Spirit by removing the bad fruit that has grown in our hearts through life, through fear, through worry, through insecurity, and give the Holy Spirit full permission to change us. I promise you this takes work and intentionality, and it's not an overnight change, but it is possible as we stay connected to the vine. John 15, 5 says, Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So I want you to look at something, okay? If what comes out of you is not the fruit of the Holy Spirit, but some rotten fruit, you have to own the truth that there is somewhere in your life that is not connected to the vine. Because if you were connected to the vine, what comes out of you is much fruit, correct? So we have to own that. We have to go, whoa, okay, this situation had the power to produce some really ugly fruit that's been stewing and stirring and growing and permeating in my heart. Where have I disconnected from Jesus in this area and where do I need to reconnect with him? I want you to realize that God has placed you right where you are, so stop looking for a way out. Instead, choose to grow. My life scripture, (laughs) I've woven this through my book, Life is Muddy. It's not the cushy scripture that many of us want to really interact with or engage with, but for me, I am living proof at what it looks like to take this scripture seriously and learn to grow in spiritual maturity. Like I said, we need to realize that these uncomfortable situations in our home The moments that we're getting squeezed, we cannot hide it. Stop allowing yourself to be messy. Stop letting yourself be this train wreck within your house quietly, subtly, or really big and realize that God has placed you there. This is where he has you. Okay, that that spouse that you're married to is a covenant between you and the Lord. Those children he is trusting you with. If you've got roommates, guess what? Those people that you're living with that are rubbing you wrong are going to make you more like Jesus, all right? So we're going to look at it from a different perspective, and I want to read you my life scripture that I'm sure you've heard me mention before if you followed me for any amount of time, but it's James 1, 2 through 4, and this is the message version. Consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. Oh man, right there, right? Your faith life is forced in the open in your home and shows its true colors. What are you believing? What are you living by? What's coming out of you in your house? Don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Do you know what that says to me? It says that there is a way out. And here's what the way out looks like. You may not leave your house. You may not ditch your family. You may not go through a divorce and things like that. I'm not even going there today. A way out could simply mean you've justified and excused your behavior. You've given yourself a way out instead of looking at yourself. Maybe you have decided that you need to move out because the people you're living with are just too difficult, but you're feeling frustrated because you're having a hard time finding a way out. You're having a hard time finding a place to live. You know what? God cares about your heart. 
God cares about what you're going through. I'm not saying this as if I don't care or God doesn't care. He does. But would you look at it from a different perspective today? Would you choose to say, okay, Lord, I'm surrendering my will to yours. I am not going to get out of this prematurely. Your will be done. I am going to grow in this season. I'm not going to try to escape it. I'm not going to try to get out of it. I'm not going to justify and excuse my behavior anymore. I'm going to grow into spiritual maturity. I'm going to trust that you're working on my spouse. I'm going to trust that you're working on my roommate. I'm going to trust that you're going to use me to guide and lead my children, that they're going to see you through me. And they're going to be drawn to your ways because of it. And I'll tell you right now, if you really are living in a situation and God wants to move you out, remember he is your provider and he is the one who opens and closes doors. So you can trust him. If he's not opening a door for you, then he's got something else. He might want to use that situation to make you more like him to the point where that stuff doesn't even bother you anymore. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work so you become, you ready for this? So you become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. God is interested in using these uncomfortable and hard situations in our families and in our living situation so that we are mature, that we grow in godly attributes, and we come out of these scenarios looking like him. Like I said, there has been many times where I've done it wrong, okay? I have done it wrong so many times, and that is why I can tell you that there is a powerful difference between doing it wrong, not producing fruit, not looking at my own heart, not looking at what's behind my emotional reaction, blaming people. But like I said, the strong conviction that I've had to grow into spiritual maturity has helped me identify and distinguish the difference of what it looks like, what it feels like, and how it is actually very empowering to yield to the Holy Spirit, even in unjust and uncomfortable situations. Years ago, when I was a single mom of four children, um, there was a period of time where somebody would come over to the house I was living at. I'm not going to say names. I don't, I don't want to give away anything to protect and honor people. And I want the, the emphasis and the focus to really be on me and what I learned. But this person would come over and I didn't connect with it at the time, but I'm, I connected with it later. And I felt a very strong critical spirit off of them and a religious spirit off of them. And without realizing it, I felt like I needed to really control my kids. And when they came around, I was a very stressed out mom that was like, you know, shooting the dark, the, the looks at my child, like you better get in line, boy, <laughs> you know, and I came out strong. Like I'm in control. I'm in control of these kids for dumb kid behaviors that normally make me laugh because I think they're funny. And then also for, you know, kid behaviors out of hurt and things like that. Man, when he came over, I was just a different person. I was very stressed out and my kids felt it. And he even at one point said, I'm like, I'm like a warden. And I'm like, oh, that's so weird. Why would he say that? Like, that's so ugly and gross. And I had to look back. I had to reflect and go, what is going on? Why am I acting? Why am I so stressed when he's around? I'm not even a stressed mom. I'm just not. Yeah, I can have some emotional responses and yeah, I can be reactive, but I really try to learn and grow and not do these things. But what is it? 
and, and I realized that what I was feeling off of him was, you know, just that strong critical spirit. I also just, you know, through casual, casual conversation learned that he was very controlling with his kids. Um, I, I just, you know, I disagree with a lot of the parenting tactics that he had, but whatever. But I had to look at what was behind that. See, a natural human response would be that person makes me stressed out when they come over. I don't want them around anymore. Right? I mean, that's fair. That's what we naturally do. But like I said, I have a strong conviction to not let other people, my circumstances or my situation dictate how I'm going to be. I hold myself accountable to the word of God and I'm not just supposed to be a hearer, but a doer. Okay. So I took an honest evaluation of my own heart. I really looked at myself. Obviously what I'm feeling off of him is legitimate. It is there. It is real. But why am I changing the kind of parent I am as soon as he's around. What it came from was an insecurity in me. I didn't want him to think I wasn't in control of my own children. That's an insecurity in me. I had to own it. My confident trust was not in the Lord and what he thinks about me. It was in what this person thinks about me. And I had to go after that insecurity. I had to become strong and confident and know who I am as a child of God and know that my parenting tactics and strategies are the way the Holy Spirit was guiding me. And it may look different than a lot of people. And I trust me, I've got so many stories. I've been so judged, but that's okay. I'm not going to go there today. I had to own the insecurity and I had to grow in confidence and going, I am seeking to honor the Lord. I am giving my children space to be children. They are going to be silly. They're going to be wild. They are going to know healthy boundaries. My kids know right from wrong. They know we don't run all over furniture and hang from the chandelier and act like monkeys in the house. I take them to the playground every single day and they can act like monkeys there. So I'm not talking about learning appropriate behaviors. I'm just talking about these ways that we can feel so stressed by our children's childlike behavior to the point where we become very stressed out and controlling around other people. And we put that stress on our kids and we become very controlling and we yell and we get mad and we get angry and we're not slow to speak and slow to become angry. We're very reactive, living on emotion, and it's from fear and control. And behind that was insecurity. And I went after that one. And I dealt with it. And I grew. And I grew. And I grew. And I made a conscious decision that every single time he came over, I was going to recognize where I was operating in insecurity before and say, God, I I only want to please you. I'm not here to please this guy. And whatever I feel off of him, I'm not going to respond or react out of it. I'm going to live in the freedom and the confidence that I have in you. And I'm going to continue to be the mom that you're shaping and molding, the one that you've designed me to be for these four children in this specific season of being a single mom. Honestly, I forgot about that. I've just grown. I, I don't even have to think about it anymore. I'm just who I am. And he was visiting us recently. I think I shared this story where there was a spill in the kitchen because the kids were running through doing the little towel whip thing. And there was a spill in the kitchen. It splattered everywhere. And the next morning he had said to me, I'm surprised. Like, he didn't say like, I say like. <laughs> he said, I'm surprised at how calm you were. You just cleaned it up. You had a smile on your face. And again, it was just that moment where 
I was able to look back and go, wow, this is the very person that used to make me a stressed out, controlling mom. If it would have happened 15 years ago, I probably would have been mad at the child. I would have been reactive and feeling really embarrassed that my child spilled and made this mess. But because that stuff doesn't phase me anymore, because I really am producing the fruit of the Holy Spirit in my home and letting my children see Jesus in me. And I've grown in spiritual maturity and I've chosen to use these hard situations where other people would make messy and ugly things come out of me and look at my own heart. I don't, I'm not phased. I'm not triggered. I just don't have those scenarios that pop up very often at all. What really spoke to me with that situation was that I'm no longer under what people think about me. I'm under the control of the Holy Spirit and his fruit is producing in me regularly. You see, it's vital to recognize what's behind our human responses to life. Is it fear, a need for control, pride, insecurity? These truths in our heart need to be addressed. And then we go to the secret place and invite God into that space. But we also need to go to his word and get ourselves lined up with his heart. There's always a his part in our part. We can't just be hearers of the word. We are called to be doers, which means the flesh gets crucified in every moment. We feel the ugly rising up in us. And instead of giving that ungodly reaction permission and unleash the beast, (laughs) we shut it down immediately. We invite the Holy Spirit to come and have his way in us and through us so that those who are closest to us can meet Jesus. Do you hear what I'm saying to you today? Your ministry starts in your home. Your ministry starts with those who see you on a regular basis. If you call yourself a believer, if you say that you are a Christ follower and you are a Christian, then let the people you live with see Jesus in you. This is a high call. We have no business putting on a plastic smile when we walk out of our house and faking Christianity, thinking that it's going to benefit anybody. God sees what's going on inside of our homes. Are we glorifying him behind closed doors? Are we glorifying him within the walls of our home, with our children, with our spouses, with our roommates, whoever you are living with? And honestly, like especially your children, moms and dads, Your children are your very first ministry. It doesn't matter if you have a giant platform, if you're a pastor of a mega church, if you're a leader of a home group, whatever your role that you have outside of your family life in ministry, realize and recognize that your number one priority in ministry is to your family. It is to your spouse. It is to your children. I want to close with the scripture and I want you to really take it to heart. Repeat it if you have to, look it up for yourself and meditate on it. But this is the one that the Holy Spirit put on my heart really, really strong today. This is James 1, through 25. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting about what they heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Your family and those around you, including yourself, will be blessed in what you do if you become a doer of the word. 
and you look at yourself in the mirror and you don't forget what you look like and you actually apply it and become more like him. I made a decision a long time ago that when people look at me, I want them to see Jesus. And that's the pursuit I'm on. And it started in my home. It started with my children. And I believe that God is calling you to the same thing. It's time to take ownership of what's going on in your heart and what kind of behaviors and actions the people closest to you are witnessing. And it's time to grow in spiritual maturity. Thank you for joining me today. I'm believing the Holy Spirit met you powerfully through this week's episode of Not Just Talk. Now for the real part. Let's take this conversation beyond talk and live it in our daily lives. Amen? Don't forget to check out my newly released book. I'm really excited. It's called Ripple Effect, a transformational journey into God's heart that will change you from the inside out. It's available now on your favorite online bookstore, Amazon, or you can order a signed copy direct through my website, jillianahonan.com. Also, did you know that we have a ministry app where you can receive direct notifications for everything we have going on beyond this weekly podcast? Just search Jillian Ahonan Ministries in your app store and download it for free. And please, I'd love to see your face on social media. Connect with me on my public Facebook page or on Instagram. I hang out there daily. Don't forget to subscribe and come back next week for another episode of Not Just Talk. Hugs and blessings, family.